Julie, welcome back to Saltier Politics. What a week this has been. Uh, <laughs> this may be our last in-person <laughs> podcast for a long time. Right, due to coronavirus. Yes, um, it's bizarre. I was walking down um, in Midtown today. I was walking down 6th Avenue and there was nobody there. It was just empty. Did you notice that? It's weird. And the subways were not crowded. By the way, I just saw that the NHL postponed their season. The NHL you were just at a game, weren't you? I was at two games. I was at one on Saturday, and I was at one on Tuesday, and they have postponed it today, whatever that means, and the NBA canceled its season. But what's weird is, you know, I just want some guidance because on the one hand, they're telling us not to gather in places with lots of people. On the other hand, they're keeping the subways open. You said the subways aren't crowded. I actually walked to work today, which was a long walk, but I did. I have to be at a dinner downtown tonight, so I guess I'll take the subway home. But it's bizarre because if you're telling us not to be in places, like I don't want recommendations. It's like vaccines, right? Well, we recommend that you vaccinate your kid. Well, no, either you tell me I have to vaccinate my kid or, or, or not. Right. But if you're telling me to vaccinate my kid because of herd immunity, which is the right thing to do, and you're mandating that he can't go to school or really participate in any sports or anything else unless he is vaccinated, which is the right thing to do, then why are we not mandating that in other places? I understand that they're worried about the economy, and if you said that shut the subway down in New York, that's going to basically be choke off the, the lifeline of the city's economic engine and also then the country's economic engine. But... If that's the best thing for public health, if you're telling me that it's not a good idea for all, to be, for all of us to be tightly pressed against each other like sardines, then just shut it down. I mean, this recommendation to me is very nebulous. But if public experts, health experts are dictating, like epidemiologists and others are dictating that we not ride the subway because we shouldn't be in large crowds if you're actually canceling voluntarily the NHL is voluntarily postponing its season the NBA is voluntarily canceling its season then shouldn't government just not pick and choose I mean I saw in California Gavin Newsom who I think has been a a great governor but he shut down all public gatherings except for Disney why it's full of kids I don't understand. Who are little germ carriers. Right. But the kids don't go there by themselves. They go there with their adult parents or grandparents. And even if, or even if they don't, if elderly or immune compromised people don't accompany these little kids to Disney, then they will take their little germs and export them back to their, to those people once they leave Disney. So again, uh, if, if it's not a big deal, then then it's not a big deal. But if epidemiologists and people who are actually paid to do this as scientists believe that we should not be, <clears throat> excuse me, in groups, large groups together, so as not to pass along this disease to each other, then I think our government needs to make some hard economic decisions. I get that Disney is a massive economic engine for Southern California. And I get that um, Disney as a company has a tremendous amount of influence, much beyond Anaheim, California. But I also understand, and the subway certainly, as I said, I mean, if people can't ride the subway, they can't get to work. They can't get to work. They don't eat. Um, I, I get it. But 
if this is a public health crisis, it's a public health crisis. And if, if it's not, then, then stop with these recommendations. Then, then just say, okay, it's not a big deal if you ride the subway and let us know. The scarcity of certain knowledge or just inconsistency, like you were saying, because I was going to be salty about everyone wearing face masks, masks going on the information that I was told that face masks were ineffective. And just looking at everybody being like, okay, you're not listening to what's ineffective. But then your assistant just told me that they actually are effective. So I am just very salty about the just... My assistant told you what? That the um, that face masks are useful. Okay, so my assistant, yeah. who I love to death, um, is the Cliff Clavin of information. Okay. In that if anybody's ever watched Cheers of a certain age, you will know. Uh, he, he has a master's degree in English literature. So, or in creative writing, I believe. So the point is, I love him to death, but he's not who we need to hear from. I have no idea whether was, they're effective or not. He has right. no clue, and neither do you, and neither do I. You know who knows that? Epidemiologists. Tell us. Right. Be and consistent. then we'll let us know. What I have heard, and again, who knows, um, is that they're only effective if you have the disease so that you don't get it to anybody else. Yeah. Um, but then I wanted to talk to you. This was a big news week um, about... Harvey Weinstein, um, who was sentenced to 23 years in prison for two sex crimes in New York, and now it will go to L.A., where he's been charged with similar sex crimes that could uh, net him more years in prison if convicted. But I wanted to read out loud a little bit of what he said right before he got the 23 years, uh, part of his statement, and he said, and this is in the middle of it, and I think men are confused about all of these issues. You know, I just, dealing with thousands of men and women who are losing due process, I'm worried about this country in a sense, too. I'm worried that this is, that there is a repeat of the blacklist there that there was in the 1950s when lots of men like myself, Dalton Trumbo, one of the great examples, did not work, went to jail because people thought they were communists. Just, yeah. I Um, mean. (laughs) So I don't think men should be confused. It, there is no confusion. I think if you um, um, don't put your hands on a woman without permission, and uh, or or uh, as Harvey Weinstein was wont to do, <laughs> right. forcibly provide oral sex to said woman without permission, right. or walk out of a shower naked. There's nothing confusing. About there's nothing this. confusing about it. In fact, I've I have personally never met a man who's done that. And I don't think those men are confused about why they shouldn't do that. I'm raising a little man who hopefully will not be confused about the fact that you shouldn't do that. Right, right and wrong. And it's not even, it's not there a question. boundaries. What's, what's confusing? The, it, it's not. He's, and like, notice how it's always men are going to be confused. Like, I don't, I, I have never seen a woman, I'm sure they exist, but you don't hear many stories about them, nor have I ever known one personally who is confused about why she shouldn't um, forcibly try to do anything to a man. Right. Like, there's no confusion on my part. You just, no. you just don't. It just doesn't even enter, like, the mind. Like, has it ever occurred to you to forcibly do anything to another human being sexually? No. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so it's not... Literally, I'm, no. I'm not confused. No. <laughs> you just it's just don't. like, putting it in this, this box of, like, it's, it's a confusing time, and, like, he's a victim. I'm like... What's confusing about it? Nothing. He's confused because he got caught. Yeah, that's probably where the confusion comes. I'll down tell you to. what. I'll tell you what I'm actually salty about. I'll, I'll move it up to this because we're talking about Harvey Weinstein. There are all these Hollywood actors and actresses 
who were clearly aware of what he was up to. And I know this because I, who am not even remotely in that industry and have nothing to do with it, but did live um, in New York and have lived in New York for a very long time and, and sort of had no people who either worked at the Weinstein companies or knew somebody who worked at the Weinstein companies or at Miramax before that. Everybody had these kind of stories like, ha-ha, Harvey Weinstein is kind of a really disgusting, creepy predator. It was kind of a joke. Um, but there are people out there, some of whom were very established as actresses who or actors, and certainly very established as executives, who knew much more. Because if I'd heard about it, and people I know in the industry who are not in the industry, but who are sort of peripherally around people who might have been, had heard about it, they obviously knew. I mean, don't tell me that Mira Sorvino and Ashley Judd and Gwyneth Paltrow and all these people who were victims of his allegedly did not confide in others and that it didn't get around. And right. don't tell me that those people didn't have the power to speak up. Correct. Of course they did. But at the end of the day, what was more important to them was the paycheck or not rocking the boat or worry for their career. And I understand that. Um, I, I really do. Because at Fox, um, a lot of people did not speak up even after Gretchen Carlson came forward. I did not speak up for months after Gretchen Carlson came forward. So, you know, for the same reasons. Um, so I'm not suggesting that they're somehow to blame, but what I'm suggesting is I think we're at an inflection point where people should take stock of their behavior. I have. I mean, I have really taken stock of all the times um, over the course of my career in politics where I've known about bad behavior, I witnessed bad behavior, I even experienced bad behavior, and I never spoke up because I wanted to get ahead, I wanted to keep my head down, I wanted to, you know, not rock the boat, you don't want to be that person, you understand that if you're that person, you're not going to, good chance your, 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 your career is going to be impacted. Uh, I think we're at an inflection point now with Harvey Weinstein's conviction where perhaps people need to take stock of that, mm -hmm. and they should speak up. And I don't understand for the life of me why that's not a bigger part of the discussion. Because all these people now who are like, oh yeah, Harvey Weinstein was a pig. All these people in Hollywood, oh, Harvey Weinstein was a pig. All these Harvey Weinstein was disgusting. They're not saying a word, right? And um, or they about other. I mean, we know there's other stuff going on, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just uh, it's disappointing, and it continues to go on. For every one Harvey Weinstein, there's about 50,000 other Harvey Weinsteins in every industry, if not 50 million. And it's not just sexual assault. It's not just rape. It's generally the treatment of women because people aren't born to rape. First, they disrespect people um, professionally. They, they disrespect them verbally. They disrespect them uh, through retaliatory non-sexual means. And then when they continue to see that they could get away with it and get away with it and get away with it, they keep moving the envelope and pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope until you pin a woman down and you, and you rape her. And so I think that's the kind of thing that we need to focus on. And, and I have to tell you, as the mother of a, 
of a little boy, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like we should impress upon our young men from a very young age. Um, respect for women before they even know about sex, um, before they even know about rape, before they even know about uh, the horrors of what Harvey Weinstein was accused of doing to so many more women than for which he got convicted. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with teaching our boys how to respect women. Uh, and I don't know that that's happening at a level that it should. Because I, I think it's once you start the disrespect, you're not seeing women as equal and you're taking that away. And then, then when yeah. you don't see them as equal and as human and just not there for just your enjoyment. Yeah, then they're just a hot piece of meat. Right, right, exactly, that you can do whatever you want with. Yeah, and we were uh, the morning after Harvey Weinstein got convicted, uh, my little seven-year-old saw a cover, the cover of the New York Post, and he sees Harvey Weinstein in handcuffs, and he goes, why is that man wearing handcuffs? And I said, did I tell you the story? No. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, well, you know, he did something wrong, and, and, and he's going to jail, and it's a good thing. And he said, what do you do? And I said, well, he, he touched women without asking. And he said, like, what? Like, he hugged them without asking? And then he got really scared. He said, does that mean I have to always ask you before I hug you? Like, I don't get to hug you or kiss you without asking you? And I said, no, I'm your mom. You could always, always, always hug me or kiss me without asking me. That's totally acceptable. But except for me and your grandma, um, you probably should ask everybody else, and especially uh, friends of yours who are little girls. You should always ask if you could hug. I, I, and and it's, it's such a heartbreaking thing to say to a seven-year-old because they look at hugging their friends as something nice right. and sweet, and, and they've been encouraged to do that. And he said, well, is that what he's going to jail for? Did he hug people without permission? And I don't know what snapped in me. I'm obviously like mother of the year award right here. I said, no, no. it snapped in me and I said no he put his penis inside a woman's vagina without asking for permission and then I kind of as I'm saying this and it comes out of my mouth I'm thinking oh my god what what the hell is coming out of my mouth what am I saying the look of horror on his face was like I don't even understand how what and this is awful and I don't get like he just he's like I wish kind of got scared and was like I don't want to talk about this anymore I said yeah okay but and then I thought about it and I thought okay was that the right thing to do is that an insane thing to do for a kid that age and I think there's going to be a lot of disagreement about that but I don't know whether I made the right decision or not I think it is because I think you almost have to shock these kids from a young age into understanding that no, this is not acceptable behavior and not just because somebody's going to go to jail for it because right. that is disrespecting somebody's boundaries. Right. And no, I hate to say this, but except for his mom and his grandma, he shouldn't hug anybody or kiss anybody without permission because even if it's his best friend who's a little girl or a little boy for that matter, it's their bodies and he should be asking for permission. Um, it's a shame that we have to explain it and 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 get rid of the sweetness that these little kids have because they are so sweet with each other but I don't know what the alternative to that is if you're trying to raise a child from a young age to understand that this behavior does not lead to good outcomes as an adult yeah I I don't think it would be hard to just give euphemisms for what Harvey Weinstein did and I I don't think it was the wrong thing because I I don't know I don't know there's some disagreement in my house about that but that's one of those parenting moments. I'm like, <laughs> it's definitely one of those parenting moments you didn't plan for when you're thinking about 
having a baby and how you're going to raise this child perfectly. Because <laughs> I've seen you get into like some conversations on TV where a guest will say something dumb and you'll just be like, okay. But I can just imagine your look on your face as he asks and you're like, how am I going to deal with this? Well, nothing ever prepares you for the fact that they're a little sponge and you kind of know that before they're born, but they're always observing they're always watching. They're always paying attention. And with mine, and I think this is the case with other kids too, because I've spoken to other parents about it, he may not say something for six months or even a year. But then when you throw something in his face, he'll be like, well, really? Because do you remember that one time you were doing A, B, or C? And sometimes I'm like, I don't actually. It sounds like I was something I was doing, but I don't. But again, I mean, going back to Harvey Weinstein, this is really not like you know, the podcast about parenting tips, because I'm not the one to give it to anybody. But I just think it's a shame that this is the point that we've, it's not a shame, it's a good thing. On the other hand, it's a shame that we've arrived at a point in 2020, when we thought the first wave of feminism, the second wave of feminism in the 70s, Anita Hill, all of this nonsense, um, I truly grew up at a very naive time, I think a very halcyon time in my 20s or my teens and my 20s where I thought, okay, there's nothing that men can't do that women can't do. We're all equal. That was all in the past. You know, the, the feminist revolution happened. And then you come to find out, well, no, actually, um, women who speak up are still penalized. Women who speak up still are not protected at the same rate that predators are. And I, I've said this before, and I'll, go, I'll say it again. Mira Sorvino, I, I don't know how old she is, but I believe she's around 50 or so was an Oscar winning Academy Award winning actress. And this man completely destroyed her career. No, I mean, look at you and Gretchen, you guys, like you guys say, your talent didn't go away. Yeah. When you spoke up, it, people got afraid when you spoke up, but that doesn't mean. <laughs> yeah. But you think it can't happen to you because you're so in the public eye. Well, I mean, again, she has an Oscar. And her father's... You have a lot to lose. Right. You have a lot to lose, but you also think you're kind of inoculated because, okay, you're not just some random person who somebody can just kind of quietly shunt to the side. You're Amira Sorvino. I, I, I've never met this woman in my life or spoken to her, so I'm, I'm completely guessing here, but I would assume somebody in her position would think, okay, I have an Academy Award. I am a, a big actress. I'm, I'm a leading actress. There are movies where I'm literally the star of the movie. My father is Paul Sorvino, and, and he is a famous actor. Uh, you know, you're protected. Right. And then lo and behold, of course you're not, because behind your back, you're being, Harvey Weinstein is saying, okay, she turned me down, so, you know, she's difficult to work with. No, you shouldn't hire her on The Hobbit or, or whatever, you know, Lord of the Rings franchise I think they wanted to hire her on. Um, no, she's really hard to work with. And, and the Whisper campaign begins, and, and your career is kind of halted. Meanwhile... A disgusting pig like Harvey Weinstein gets to go on and, and, and rape and pillage and, and profit off his movies and um, for years afterwards. Right. And that's awful. I mean, it's awful. And um, you look at it, it happens in politics, it happens in movies. The women always have to be I don't even know how women have to be because I don't see how all of these women that I'm thinking about were anything but the way they were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like, what were they doing? What could they have done differently? Right. 
I think about that all the time. What could I have done differently? You, you did like you were asked, you know, or just these women were asked to come to a meeting and then they meet at the place where they say, and then they're like, Oh no, Harvey's up in the hotel room. He he wants to meet him real quick. In so many ways, it's just like, you're doing everything you're supposed to do. But short of it, yeah, like short of acquiescing, what could you have done differently? Like she worked her butt off. She obviously was a good enough actress where she won an Oscar. She, same with Ashley Judd. Same with Annabella Shiora, who was a huge actress. I mean, a huge actress back in the 90s. Um, all of them did the right thing. All of them honed their craft, did everything they were asked to do. I'm sure put in their dues as actresses in order to get good enough to be at that level. Um, and then what? Like, what could they have done differently to not suffer their fate? And the answer is nothing, I don't think. I mean, I don't know them again. These are not people I've, I've ever really closely followed professionally or, or, or I know personally. But um, what could any of these women have done? What could an Elizabeth Warren or a Hillary Clinton or a Kamala Harris or an Amy Klobuchar, um, what could they have done differently? I mean, you look at them and they're all basically... I'm going to even take Hillary out of this because Hillary, obviously, there's a lot of water under that bridge for a lot of people. But look at look at Kamala Harris and Elizabeth um, Warren and Amy Klobuchar. No personal scandals that I can think of. They're basically the valedictorian of their class. I mean, they, they, did, right. every, they did everything that you're basically told to do, right? You go, you put your head down, you work, you, 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 you pass legislation or you um, run... Um, Congress, not Congress, you, you run, um, you're the attorney general or whatever it is. What could they have done differently? And the answer is, I don't know. They've, they did everything they were supposed to do, but yet it's not enough. Meanwhile, Donald Trump gets to have six bankruptcies or I don't know how many we're up to, accused of sexual misconduct by, by almost 20 people, women, um, tax evasion, all sorts of things that, that, that is, he's been accused of. He's the president. And not just him. I mean, I'll look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, um, and this is not a knock on him personally. I'm just using him as an example of a, of, of a guy that a woman would never get away had a very complicated personal life when he was younger. If a woman had that kind of complicated personal life... There's no life, way. There's no way. And by the way, I don't even blame Bernie Sanders for having a complicated personal life. We've all had complicated personal lives. But there's no way. There is just no way. Well, look at how Bernie is treating his own health thing. If Hillary did that with her health records, sure, th- there would be like she's dead tomorrow, and she's not telling us. I of mean, course, could you imagine? Of course, of course. Um, and anybody who says, "Oh no, these women didn't succeed because there wasn't sexism; it was something else." Well, you know, they're all three very different women, right? If you find Elizabeth Warren annoying. And you find Amy Klobuchar annoying, and you find Kamala Harris annoying. Like all three of them have very different ways about them, so it may not be that you find them annoying. <laughs> it may be insert woman here. It's a right. constant like, well, I vote for women, not just this woman. I, yeah, no. Like I wonder if Michelle Obama just woke up tomorrow and said, "I'm running." The most admired woman in the country. They would find something annoying about her. They would. I don't know what it could be. Because, as you know, all I want to do in life is be best friend, best friends with Michelle Obama. But something, right? I well, uh, 
so my the next topic I want to talk about is who do you think would be Biden's vice president? I would like to make, once you are finished with Lent, a drink bet on who we think, if Biden is the nominee, who it's going to be. Stacey Abrams, Kamala, Elizabeth Warren. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. So let me tell you about Stacey Abrams. Uh, you know, I worked around, <laughs> I've always said this, I worked around too many politicians. I don't fall in love with, with them anymore. Like, I never fell in love with Barack Obama the way everybody else did in the Democratic Party. I just... Uh, they're all human beings to me, right? They're not, uh, right. I'm not waiting for, you know, the next coming from, from anybody in the White House. However, uh, you know, Gretchen and I went out to Los Angeles and we went to the uh, women entertainment breakfast for the Hollywood Reporter. And we went to this breakfast and, and Stacey Abrams was the spokes uh, was the keynote speaker. I think she was the keynote speaker. But anyway, she was, she was a, a big speaker there. I was like enraptured with her. She was great. She was amazing. In a, in a room full of Hollywood celebrities, Reese Witherspoon, Charlize Theron, Kerry Washington, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing 10, 20, 50 others. She blew, every, it's not that they weren't impressive, but she blew everybody away. She was so fantastic. She's just got a gift. She's got, there's something about her. She's relatable. She's funny. She's self-deprecating. She's a human being. She is just great. It gets um, me giddy to think of the, the women he could choose just because I think they're, they're Yeah, great. yeah. And and she's just a powerhouse. And I was so impressed with her. And everybody who says, well, you know, she doesn't have the requisite experience. All she was was a state legislator. Literally really? Trump. Trump? Really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean. Okay. All right. Right. Cool. Vote for Trump then. Yeah. She was, she was great. So I'm all about her. Um, I, per, it's gotta be a woman, but I really also think it has to be a person of color because who delivered, who's the, con listen, this country will be even further in hell than it is today if it weren't for African-American women. I, I truly believe that. Who consistently shows up, who consistently votes Democrat, who consistently delivers for this party, who consistently, um, is the heart and soul of this party, African-Americans and specifically African-American women, because the majority of my fellow and your fellow white women, they voted for Trump. And enough, enough of taking that for granted. I mean, I, they need a seat at the table in a really mean, meaningful, real way. Secretary of State's great. Condoleezza Rice was a, was a good, um, significant appointment. But they need a real seat at the table okay. on the national ticket. And I hope to God, I hope it's somebody like Stacey Abrams. Because she's just, I don't know. As I said, I don't fall in love much. But if it's Stacey Abrams, I would be just, we'll just beyond delighted. I think delighted. we should just get a drink no matter what to cheers which woman he chooses. Just to make yes. it interesting, I'll say Elizabeth Warren. If you, unless you think that's completely out of... No, I don't think so. I... Did you see the recent TikTok with her and Kate yes, Tennis? That yes. was one I watched that like forty times. I yeah, was like, this makes me ha makes my heart happy. Um, if it's Elizabeth Warren only. Well, it depends. Look, to try to they get will, I guess, the burning people. They will they will do a poll, and they will see what he's missing. Right. So maybe that they will find that that African Americans are coming out for him in droves because they have been in these primaries to such an extent that that he may need somebody who millennials or younger voters 
respond to, to the extent that they vote, which again, as much as everybody's complaining and bitching about how only Bernie Sanders speaks to millennials, they just, they continue to not vote <laughs> at the levels that they should, so don't complain if you're not going to come out and vote. Right. Um, so Elizabeth Warren is also older. I mean, I right. think he needs somebody younger. Okay. It needs to be a younger ticket. He is in his mid to late eight, uh, 70s. I believe she is in her 70s as well. Um, I think he needs to find a good 40. He needs like a, you know, he needs, he needs like a, he needs Michelle Obama. <laughs> he needs, I mean, she'll never do it. But I, he needs a younger, dynamic woman. Yep. Okay. I, my preference would be that it's an African-American woman uh, and not maybe because of electoral purposes because I have no idea. Maybe he won't lose much electorally by, by not having an African-American uh, person on the ballot. But I do think that it is high time that um, African-American, it can't just be Obama. Right. But uh, you maybe, know, maybe Cory Booker. I mean, I, again, I think it's a woman. Um, it should be a woman. It just... I think, I, I really think, to your point, it's so important to, one, have a woman at the table because I was just talking about this with one of my friends. It's like how much... Because I work out and I'll go for runs at night, but I need to go at a certain time before it gets too dark. And... Like rape is like just a thing that's on your mind a lot or just your personal protection and guys don't even understand it. When I talk to my brother, like I need to go running now. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat a little bit. I'm like, but I have to go now, even though I'm a little hungry because it's getting dark. And it's just something I think that guys don't think of. But then you add another level of color and people don't think of all the things that also you're thinking about if you're a person of color. Like I know, you know, thinking being an LGBTQ community, you're thinking of a whole nother list of things that that just a white cis man at the table is not even going across Oh, there's, head. There, listen, there's, so no, like, there's no question. So it's like, it's hot, it's so time. <laughs> it's, there's no question because you are informed. Um, look, I am a white Jewish woman. Could things be easier for me? Sure, I could be a white Protestant man. Um, could things be harder for me? I'm sorry, I'm a white... Jewish straight woman, which is relevant. Could things be harder for me? Of course. I could be uh, a member of the LGBT community. I can be a um, racial minority, um, overtly so, I mean, where people could look at me and see that I'm um, African-American or Latina or Asian or whatever. Um, could things be, could I be uh, there's 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 myriad things, and I think you're you're only informed by your own experiences. And and I can empathize. Empathize. I could be an ally. I can try to understand what it's like to walk in your shoes, Em, or or, or certainly in, in the shoes of my friends who are African American or or other um, minorities. But it's not the same. It's right. just not. It's not. Uh, if I walk down the street holding. A man's hand, nobody's going to look at me, but they might look at you if you hold a woman's hand, right? right? It's just different. It's you, you, you can't express your love for somebody in public the way um, straight people can. Um, couples who are white and black can't express their love. I mean, in some places you can, other places it's still dangerous. I mean, it's just, it's, it's awful. And I can intellectually understand it, but of course I don't live it. So it's very different. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's time that we have somebody on a national ticket who's not just Barack Obama who can 
make people truly understand that they have somebody who has a kinship with them right. in the Oval Office right. um, or in government at a very high level. So I, I hope I hope it is somebody who's a minority. I hope it's a, it's got to be a woman. I mean, it is so past time for us to have a woman on the. I'm gonna be the, really sad if it's not. I'm just gonna say it. Like Cory Booker's awesome, and he's so dynamic and awesome. But again, I would really like. I'd like a woman. I really would. I mean, it would be nice to have somebody. Right at the who, table. At at the table. I mean, in a real way. And I'm not saying Secretary of State is not, but it would be nice to have somebody at the table. My God, we've had 45 presidents, and not one of them has been a woman. Now, granted, women only got the franchise 100 years ago or so, but still, it's it's past time. And we keep delivering. We keep voting. <laughs> We're right. 50% of the population. It'd be nice to have some representation. Right. So, um, I mean, look at Pelosi. Does anybody really think she's hamstrung by the fact that she's not a man? Look at Margaret Thatcher in England back in the day. Right. I mean, you know, Indira Gandhi, Benazir Bhutto. I mean, you know, third world countries have had women leaders. Golda Meir right. in the 1960s in Israel. I mean, that was... 50 years ago and uh, more than 50 years ago. So it's time. All right. So what I am salty about this week is kind of similar to what we've just been talking about, but it's how what the coronavirus has exposed is, exposed is kind of a hypocrisy in how disabled people are treated because workers or employers are making all of these certain rules and exceptions to keep people safe during coronavirus. But a lot of times in the disabled community, people will ask to work from home, uh, leniency on commutes, different items like that. And like how different, um, like Starbucks with their reusable cups, a lot of times it's, it's dangerous for certain disabled people. Um, so I, I just, I think that's what's been bothering me this week is you kind of see some hypocrisy when when the able body public is in danger people act and they react but when disabled people um have been requesting a lot of these changes that are being enacted during this coronavirus scare that it's it's happening now because able body people are at stake yeah i mean what i on, on to that point what i'm salty about is the lack of clear direction yeah from experts right slash our government who should be relying on experts. And, and listen, this is not a knock on just Donald Trump. It is a knock on my Democratic mayor, Bill de Blasio, um, and others. If, I mean, Andrew Cuomo, I think, just either directed Broadway to shut down or, or somehow Broadway shut down with his encouragement. Great, you're shutting down Broadway theaters which is a huge, huge, huge knock to our economy. We have people coming from all over, going to see shows. I mean, you're about to put not just people on Broadway out of business, but you're about to put all the supporting industry, all the, pe- right. all the restaurants who are right. going to have to go dark because people eat before seeing a show. All, I mean, the ticket sellers. I mean, everybody, people who work hourly wages Absolutely. who support this massive industry here in New York. I got it. I got it. But if you're doing that, why is public transportation still running? Right. I mean, why is it? I agree. And again, it's like with these decisions, with the lack of information, like there are businesses that could go, small restaurants that could go out of business that depend on that Friday night rush or depend on that theater crowd to come in. So it's like, if, if you don't get your information right, there, people's lives are literally at stake. Maybe not getting coronavirus, but 
their livelihoods. Also, why is there no toilet paper in stores? There's a, there's, there's a lack of toilet paper due to coronavirus. Did you hear that? Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Makes me so mad. Yeah. I mean, I tried to get um, something through Fresh Direct. Like I do every week because I don't have time to go to the supermarket. And usually you could get it like that within a couple of hours, if not the next day. I think they're delivering it on Sunday. I think okay. it's like a four-day that won't do. Delivery. I mean, whatever. You deal, but... Right. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if you do shut down the subways because you've decided this is a health priority and that it's more important than the economy, then I would say rather than giving payroll tax breaks or giving um, tax breaks to the oil and gas industry or giving tax breaks to the airline industry or whatever else you're planning on doing, the fastest stimulus, which is exactly what we're gonna, going to need, is direct payments to people literally send them checks send it to them because if you're a uh pizzeria store worker and you make whatever the minimum wage is taking pizzas out of the oven and you have to go to work but you can't get there because eventually they're gonna if they do what italy does eventually shut down all the stores and restaurants you're still gonna have to pay your rent you're still gonna have to eat you still have to buy food yourself Send them money. It's not socialism. It's not a quote-unquote, well, it is a bailout, but it's the right kind of bailout. Right. Not the kind of bailout we're doing for farmers because of stupid tariffs that Trump has imposed. Not the kind of bailout that we do for oil and gas industries through our tax code, or for Amazon through our tax code. Right. But really meaningful relief to the people who need it. By the way, I'm not being a hypocrite about this. Don't say, I don't need it. Don't send me a check. I don't want it, but please, whatever check you would give me through my stocks in oil and gas right. <laughs> companies, um, I would much rather make sure that that money goes to um, somebody who really needs it to pay the rent. Like, again, don't need it. So I'm not sitting here, you know, saying that this is some selfish thing. I send it to people who do. Right. And we know, we know who they are. Right. So that's, that's what's, you know, what's interesting is I'm, I don't even, I think I'm going to shut the office down next week. Okay. Yeah. It's, well, mainly because, you know, uh, I could walk to work, but others here can't. Right. Including Cliff Clavin, who you listen to for medical advice, which hey, I love, you know, I love, I love my boy you do Ian. do a podcast, I get some medical advice. Uh, you know, listen, I love my boy Ian. He's the best. I can invite him in here right now and I'm sure he'd be able to we tell you stuff that he's read on the internet, yeah. but, um, he, uh, he has no clue. But he's, but he is an expert in creative writing. So if you ever want him to creatively write a fan fiction about how he knows anything about medical stuff, I'm sure he'd be very good at it. Right, exactly. So, um, so I don't know. We'll see how long we can keep this podcast going. All right. I'm hoping we can, but if not, we might need to take a couple of weeks off. We'll do a best of. Exactly. So, no matter what, uh, stay healthy, everyone, and stay healthy, Julie. All right. Thanks. Bye.